Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast. It's our second episode of the week, but it is a Wednesday because, again, Monday was the 4th of July, and I hope everyone had a happy Independence Day. Oh, I got my YouTube going. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is JC Allen. JC, how you doing today? Uh, you know, I, I'm doing really well. Nice long weekend trying to, you know, just pick up the slack at work in a short work week. But my day got instantaneously better once we found out the news that the Bucks will be playing Mr. Baker Mayfield twice a year with the Carolina Panthers. So, like, bring Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Matt Corral, P.J. Watt, bring whoever you want. It's two quick, easy wins for the Bucks this year, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, as everyone saw on the caption, we're going to be talking about whether or not the Bucks should sign Odell Beckham Jr., who, of course, was teammates with Baker Mayfield. But the, the news broke about, you know, the show starts at 4 o'clock. This news broke about around... I don't know, like one o'clock, something along those lines, maybe even a little bit earlier than that. So, of course, if it affects the Bucks, if things are going to impact your favorite team, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we are going to talk about it. And, man, it's funny to think, JC, that the Carolina Panthers have the first and third overall picks from the 2018 NFL Draft. It just so happens that they play the same position, so only one of them can be on the field at the same time because uh, they're not a uh, wildcat type of team. It's not like one of these quarterbacks was a former running back or wide receiver that can play multiple positions. So the Panthers have Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold playing the same position. It's going to be a QB battle in training camp for the Panthers and Matt Corral, of course, is in there as well. They drafted him in the third round. So uh, Panthers, yeah, you know what? Before the before I go with the Panthers, I got to give the Browns, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I got to give the Browns a small, tiny little bit of credit. They deserve a lot of the blame and and um, you know the ridicule for the Sean Watson signing and and everything that's gone on with that, with all the the cases and allegations and whether or not he'll be suspended. But after they made that deal, it was clear and obvious that Baker Mayfield is not, he was not going to play for the Browns. Even if Deshaun Watson got suspended, there's no way they could just go tail between their legs being like, Hey, uh, Baker, I know uh, we're ready to ship you out of town, but we could really use you for like six or seven games. You want to, uh, you want to run it back and, and, and go and do that. So the Browns don't deserve any credit for that. The part that I will give them a little, hey, you did okay here, was the fact that, you know, Baker's money was guaranteed and they knew they had to ship him. So the fact that they were at least able to get a draft pick back, they got a a fifth round pick that could turn into a fourth round pick, depending on the playing time that um, that make that Baker Mayfield will get with the Panthers this year. The fact that they were able to get the Panthers to pay a little bit of money and they're still spending a, a significant amount of it. Knowing that you know their hands were tied, they at least got something out of it. Um, from the Panthers' perspective, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, go ahead, JC. I, I still thinking, need to marinate on this. Even from Baker, Baker wanted out of that situation so bad he gave up three and a half million dollars of his own salary. That if he doesn't have a great season, who knows if he'll get that somewhere else next year on their open market. So, like, he is betting on himself as well. With the Carolina Panthers organization under Matt Rule, that hasn't really done a great job at cultivating quarterbacks. I mean, you look at just what they've what they've tried to do, what they've been doing since Matt Rule t- took over, trying to cheat the system and get like someone's old trash and turn it into treasure. When they had high draft picks, multiple years too. I mean, they've had yeah. multiple high draft picks and. You know, they, instead they they chose to go for the route with at first it was Teddy Bridgewater, then it was trading for Sam Darnold, then it was trading Teddy Bridgewater, then it was, you know, signing Matt Barkley, and then Cam Newton came back, and then they benched Newton, <laughs> they cut Barkley, they re-signed PJ Walker, drafted Corral, and now they trade for Baker Mayfield all since like what 2018, 2019 yeah. was since he became the coach. Like 
it's insane what they've done over there. And they've had high draft picks to be able to actually go out and get a quarterback or have the ability to trade up for a quarterback. I mean, it just, I mean, they picked seventh, eighth, sixth. They knew they needed a quarterback and they just decided to, hey, let's, I don't want to groom a guy. Let's just go out and sign a bunch of trashy veterans and see if we can turn them into diamonds. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen either. Right. It sounds like the Panthers have taken a, a lot of, a, a lot of half measures. And especially too, when you're, you go into the situation where you have two guys from the same exact draft, only one of them can play and they're both on the last year of their deal. So there's a chance that neither guy is back next season. And then you're just stuck right. with corral. And of course we all talked about that. This year's draft class was not good for quarterbacks and next year's is going to be so much better. So why not just wait another year? Here's where I do understand the move though, is because Matt rule doesn't have too many options. He's had a lot of losing seasons and I don't think he can afford to have another. And this is what I talk about a lot with, and I understand it in the NFL and in the world we live in. It's all about right now. No one has patience. It's now, now, now. I want this now. We need to go do this. We need to go do that. This needs to happen now. And it's very difficult to sell. And I'm talking about, in this case, the NFL, uh, if you're talking to a GM or, or ownership, it's very tough to sell to the higher ups of, hey, it's going to be tough sledding for a year or two, but let us create a foundation and then go from there. And all we need is that quarterback. And then we can, you know, really take lift off and, and compete for the division and the playoffs and, and maybe make a Super Bowl. I think Matt Rule is a solid coach, but at the end of the day, you still need that quarterback. And I don't know if he never really had it at the NFL level as you, you know, went through chronological order of all the quarterbacks that the Panthers have had in recent years, but I, I do think, and I understand it's college compared to the NFL. I do th think that rule has done a great job going from a couple of different organizations that were either losing or had a lot of turmoil around them. And he was able to, you know, build them up and, and make them into, I'm not going to say a powerhouse, but a, a competitive team that could play in significant bowl games. And so he goes to Carolina. And it's the same thing where he doesn't have a quarterback. You're in a tough division playing against who at the time, you know, the Saints <clears throat> were a tough team up until last year. And then you're finally done with the Saints and the Bucks come along and they get Tom Brady. And now, you know, they're running the division for at least as long as as Tom Brady gets there. So when it comes to Baker and they already went through the ringer with Sam Darnold for Matt Rule, it's like, well, I don't have a choice because I either have to mold this third string quarterback that or third round quarterback that is already not even the first quarterback taken off of the board of a very bad quarterback class, or you're going to go with Baker Mayfield who has had some glimpses of success. And last year obviously was a dumpster fire, but I think that was more just the Cleveland Browns in total, not necessarily Baker, like Baker played through a, a very significant injury last right. season. Right. And that's the thing. And as you know, Joel points out, whatever happens, they definitely got an upgrade quarterback i think baker is an upgrade over sam Darnold, but i don't agree i still don't view baker as a he's not someone who's going to transcend the direction of the team he you know he's you have to have the team around him and not just the team like the team on defense around him in order for i think them to even have a real shot at making a, a true noise you know in the league and a path to the super bowl i mean he had a great defense around him last year and with the broncos and a really good running game really good offensive line and it's still i know he's playing with injuries and you saw it in 2020 where they had a better season but i still i mean i'm curious to know what his wins above replacement is because i'm sure it's not that great because i, I just i i don't I don't think he turns them in contenders. Is he good for maybe an extra win or two with Carolina? Now, if they have a competent quarterback back there, and if you can even call Baker competent, maybe. But I just don't see a huge stretch where Carolina is like, this is it. This is it. We got this guy in a one-year yeah. deal, paying him $3.5 million. <laughs> he's going to be the, the the savior. It's not like even they can cut Sam Darnold because he's owed $18.5 million guaranteed. So now you're paying $21.5, $22 million to two quarterbacks 
who quite frankly are, eh, you know, and I know some Bucks fans were kind of like, oh, let him come to the Bucks and sit behind Brady for a year and then maybe he can take over. You know, they still, they're still going to have the option if they want to visit Baker Mayfield next year. Cause I don't think unless he absolutely blows the league up and is on fire, I don't see a transition, uh, transition or franchise tag in his future. So it's an interesting case. It's another edition of the the Panthers trading more assets for a veteran quarterback. And we'll see how it pans out. I'm not too optimistic, but you never know. I want to make another point or two about Baker Mayfield. But first, I do want to talk to everyone about Celsius Fast Brand Energy Bars. Of course, you know the Peter Port Podcast is energized by Celsius and one of their other products is their protein bars, their fast brands. And guys, these are great tasting protein bars. You have the white chocolate cookies and cream flavored bar and also the salted caramel peanut crunch. As Scott Reynolds likes to say, they taste like candy bars. They're a great substitute where, you know, if you're running late and you can't have breakfast, you could have one of these bars. You want to go to the gym. You want something in your stomach before you start pumping some iron have these fast brand protein bars. There's 20 grams of protein, excellent taste. And again, variety with, with Celsius and, and their products like this protein bar, you could have it on the way to the gym. You could have it as a substitute for dessert. If you don't want to have that ice cream or that pie or, you know, whatever's in your fridge or freezer right now, if you want to enhance your dessert with that ice cream, go ahead and take these bars Heat them up in the microwave for a couple of seconds and then break them up and put them in your ice cream. It helps enhance that dessert as well. So again, variety and flavor, that's all about Celsius and Fast Brand, their protein bar. So make sure you go to Amazon, save $5 in shipping by ordering these on uh, that website. Go to Celsius.com. And like I said, go to Amazon and Make your orders, and you could plan them for you know two weeks, three weeks, however long you want it. Just make sure you go and check it out. As I show you here, you got the white chocolate cookies and cream and the salted caramel peanut crunch. That is the fast brands. Now, JC, some of those. Yeah, man. Yeah, we got a delivery to my house, Scott. (laughs) Yeah, do it up, Scott. Um, There is. I, I think you're right, JC, about I don't think Baker Mayfield necessarily like they're not getting to the NFC championship game with Baker Mayfield as as the starting quarterback. I, I do think it is uh, an upgrade above um, Sam Darnold. And you said it could get them another win. I think it could potentially get them another two wins. And I, I know it's easy to bash on Baker. I, I'm not really, uh, you know, everyone likes to. Get hop in on you know piling up on on, on something, right. but you know, let's remember like Baker was on a playoff team two seasons ago in, in 2020, and they won their first game against the Steelers. And I understand that was that began the decline of uh, of Ben Roethlisberger, and maybe we didn't necessarily realize it at the time. That second game against Kansas City that came right down to the wire. The Browns had the lead for a while until the end, and then Kansas City you know came back and won. Now, I again, I, I understand that Browns team, they are based off of running the football behind a fantastic offensive line and a great running game with Nick Chubb. You had talent there with Odell, who we will talk about <laughs> later, Jarvis Landry. You had a couple weapons there on offense. And, of course, their defense, when you have Miles Garrett and, and other guys there, um, you're going to rely on them. But with that said, I look at Baker at Carolina and – a lot of this has to do with, you know, health and everything like that. But if Christian McCaffrey is healthy, he's one of the best, most prolific running backs in the game and obviously helps, um, you know, in the passing game as well. You had DJ Moore, who fantasy-wise, I wish he could score a couple more touchdowns, but, you know, right. he makes a lot of great plays and, and uh, you know, you could trust him when, when you're throwing him the ball. So they have some things there on offense. Defensively, Carolina... Pretty solid up front. Obviously, Burns is a is a threat, and yeah. you know, look at the secondary. That's something that they've addressed, you know, this year and and the well, previous seasons where you know, yeah, they've Jeremy they Chan to address and, and get younger uh, in the secondary. So it's one of those things where sure, the Bucks were in the same situation where they put a lot of stock in these young guys, and hopefully they panned out. And for the most part, they have with like Carlton Davis and Antoine Winfield Jr. and 
on and on and on. So I'm not saying Carolina is going to be a threat to the Bucs, and we could talk about that in a minute if this really changes anything for Tampa Bay or, I guess, New Orleans, the top two seeds in uh, as far as the NFC South. But I think you, you add Baker and you get him healthy, and and I know it's a lot to ask to, to curb the interceptions a little bit because that, that's been a problem for him. But I think you're getting a gamer, a guy with a chip on his shoulder, that if he's playing better than Sam Darnold, and we know that he – most he for the most part is I could see Carolina again not making the playoffs but at least being a kind of a thorn in the side of some of their opponents see for for me it all comes down to the addition of Baker is it's the wrong direction right in my opinion yeah maybe he can get you two wins well they're projected five wins They've only had they haven't had more than five wins since you know David Tepper bought the team and yeah. what was it four or five years ago? So five wins, okay. So they get up to six, seven, maybe even eight wins. That just took you out of prime position for a draft pick to potentially yeah. draft your quarterback of the future. So I mean, if you're gonna make a trade for somebody and you're gonna give up capital, I would almost rather have seen them pony up a third round pick there you know they, they don't have their own but they have one coming from the patriots uh-huh. um and and trade that you know how funny with that trade a patriots third round pick to san francisco for jimmy garoppolo because i think he gives you a better chance they have enough cap space to do it and you're right they do have some weapons around them although they might be losing robbie anderson once he <laughs> once he's heard the news <laughs> uh, of, of baker yeah. coming to town but i mean they do have some weapons they have terrace marshall that they drafted last year out of lsu big tall wide receiver who made strides to the end of the year dj moore is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league don't at me and then christian mccaffrey if he's healthy he's another guy too that can give you some you know solid playmaking ability as you mentioned the defense the defense isn't terrible i mean they've got one of the top pass rushers in the league a very versatile safety and jeremy chin and some other young guys so you know i i think if i was the and that's just it too right david tepper bought the team for what a record two billion dollars before the walmart people just are buying the broncos for like four billion so like you want results you hire this whiz guy you know out of college who's supposed to be the next big thing you bring in the assistant who had lsu one of the most explosive off offenses in, in joe brady as your offensive coordinator and you're like okay we got some big name hires we got some big name let's let's go for it and that's a that's a position that's that I, I think is trickling down. But in reality, this team is still building blocks away from really becoming what they what they could be. And, you know, when you have Tom Brady and the Bucks in the division with the stacked roster like, roster like this, you have to be thinking long-term, not short-term. And I think this was a short-term fix to a long-term situation. And that's just really the, the end of what I have to talk about, Baker, and until we get into... Odell Beckham. Oh, it's just so perfect that we're segueing from Baker to Odell. So it's yes, we are. Uh, and you make a good point, JC. I just one last stat I want to uh, <clears throat> bring up to everyone's attention, oh. just in terms of uh, you know, it, it most likely sounds like the Bucks are going to be playing against Baker Mayfield uh, twice a, twice this season. It could be Sam Darnold. There's going to be the competition. I think most people would bet on uh, Baker Mayfield. <clears throat> taking this comp, uh, taking that competition. Uh, the Bucks did play against Sam Darnold twice last year in his uh, first season with the with the uh, Panthers. They played the second. They played week sixteen and week eighteen. So the third to last game of the season, and then the last game of the season. Bucks won both of those games by a combined score of seventy three to twenty three. Uh, Sam Darnold in those two games. Through for 409 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, he was sacked six times, fumbled the ball twice. And again, the Bucs won by a total score, 73 to 23. Baker Mayfield has only played against the Bucs one time, understandably so, with uh, him That's playing hard. in the AFC. That was his rookie year in 2018. The Bucs won 26 to 23 in overtime on like a long shot field goal from Chandler Catanzaro. Uh, in that game, he threw for 215 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he fumbled once and was sacked five times. So the Bucks have really gotten after um, these two uh, these two quarterbacks when it when it came to uh, you know playing against them. And I, I mentioned betting and betting on who's going to win 
that quarterback competition, the best place to go and place your bets would be with mybookie.ag. Not as much sports going on right now. Football, we still got another uh, month or two before things really get going. But you have golf. You have, I think, Wimbledon just finished up. But you have tennis to bet on. The UFC has some great pay-per-views. And, of course, there's baseball. And 162 games of a baseball season can feel like a grind to watch. But you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. There's run lines, money lines, first inning, no runs. Best sport, best bet in all of sports and props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is very simple. Anything deposit that you deposit, my bookie will match that up to uh, halfway of your deposit. Just make sure you use the promo code pewter. So if you deposit a thousand dollars, my bookie will give you a bonus of five hundred dollars. Uh, whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport. There's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code Pewter to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Whatever you put in, they'll meet you halfway all the way up to 1,000 buckaroos. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. Perfect. All I right. got one more thing on Baker before we transition. Go for mm-hmm. it, man. Not just Baker, but that whole quarterback room and Carolina. So they're both drafted in 2018, the first and third overall pick, as you as you mentioned. Uh, since 2018, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold also lead the league in interceptions, <laughs> one and two. Baker's thrown 56. Sam Darnold's thrown 52. Combined 108 interceptions since 2018 for the two quarterbacks. Carlton Davis, are you hearing me? Get, get on the jugs machine. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Because you're getting balls thrown to you at, at some point. We need to come down with them. AWJ, a- you heard me too. Yeah, it's funny. I thought Baker's um, touchdown interception ratio would be a lot worse than it actually is. I mean, it's not great, but um, he's thrown for uh, 14,125 yards and 92 touchdowns to the 56 interceptions, as you just mentioned, has a QB record of 29 and 30 and has won a game and lost a game um, in the postseason. And with all of his career touchdowns, not as many went as we expected to, not as many went to Odell Beckham Jr., who we're now going to talk about. Odell Beckham just won a Super Bowl with the LA Rams. He was playing great in that Super Bowl game until... Unfortunately, he got hurt, I believe, tore his ACL, and he's now going to be out uh, for quite a while. We all know, as Bucks fans have seen with Chris Godwin, how difficult that is to uh, you know come back from and how long that surgery is. I do want to give a quick shout-out to William Butler. William, thank you so much for the 499 Super Chat. And again, I've had one of those for a while. Yeah, Thanks, everyone in these coming. chats, if, if you Super Chat us, we will get to your question and we will make sure we that we make it a priority. I know William uh, sent this one over earlier, but we were talking about Baker. But as soon as we start talking about Odell, we got to our guy, Will. And I always appreciate the uh, hospital picture, too. Um, he says, sign OBJ, please, in all caps, with two exclamation points. The early Brady, the er, I'm assuming saying early, the earlier Brady can get him knowledgeable on the playbook, the better. And Scott looks like Elon Musk. <laughs> Salute, fellas. Interesting. Uh, we'll share that. I think, yeah, I think Scott has gotten that before. So very um, astute observation there from uh, <laughs> from Will. All right, JC, let's get into the the Odell conversation. I think there's multiple variables to this because his injury, the depth chart, um, the big three that the Bucks already have. The market for Odell, there's a lot of different moving parts when it comes to him. Um, so I'm ready for you know, it. All. I, yeah, yeah. Get, I've give got me your facts thoughts. to back everything up. So I mean, yeah, where please. do you want to start? You want to start contract? Yours, you want to start last season? So last season, as we know, Odell, sure. you know, got you know forces kind of kind of forced his way out of Cleveland. Um, not really getting his dad even chimed in. Not really getting the. Um, adoration from from baker mayfield uh that he that he rightfully wanted he missed the first two games of the season uh with injury worked his way back in week three 
and for that stretch of six games that he was with the Cleveland Browns, never eclipsed 100 yards, never had more than five receptions in a game, and zero touchdowns. And that's a lot of frustration that has come out and uh, with the whole situation with Odell even moving on and, and trying to get out. They couldn't obviously trade him, so they ended up releasing him, and he goes and he signs over with the L.A. Rams. Now, L.A. Rams, Odell, and Browns Odell are two different players. I mean, Agreed. you're talking about um, <clears throat> a guy who still only had six receptions as his high, but we're talking about games – you know, where, where, you know, 81 yards, 77 yards and a touchdown, both of those games, just contributing and being that that steady, uh, you know, uh, piece in an offense that was already loaded with talent. Yeah. Uh, you know, Robert Woods was still healthy at that point, I believe, when he came over. Um, it was just he got hurt, I, I believe. Quote me if I'm wrong, but I believe he got hurt the game that Odell actually uh debuted in i think but i'm not i'm not 100 positive on that sorry about that should have done my research but anyway i mean he he fit right in to that culture and, and helped propel them to that super bowl run and if you want any more you know evidence of that his numbers in the postseason were, were amazing i mean absolutely on fire uh he, he was starting in that first game against arizona four for four 54 yards and a touchdown. His his great offensive grade though is an 89.9 per PFF. It's the little things that he does as well that that don't show up. The next game um, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six to seven, 69 yards again. You know, playing a pivotal part in their win. The the one of his the big game that he had was the NFC Championship against the San Francisco 49ers. Nine receptions on 11 targets, 113 yards. 81 overall offensive grade in the Super Bowl. Obviously, he got injured early on, but he was already cooking. I mean, he had that touchdown. Yeah. 52 yards and a touchdown. And if you look at what he graded out overall in the playoffs, it was an 85.7 overall receiving grade, which is pretty damn good compared to his regular season, which was, you know, you combine the two together and he only ended up with a, you know, 67.8 as he's you know, went from one situation, which was a negative and wasn't seeing the type of targets and balls he should have in Cleveland somehow with Baker Mayfield there, not the best decision maker. And then as he, uh, you know, um, started getting into the offense of, of the Rams, you could see the production tick up until that playoff run. And he was electric and that's what the Bucks need. They don't need a, a fourth guy for week three. You know, they need the guy that's yeah. going to be able to take minutes um, off of guys like Tyler Johnson and whoever else in the playoffs and add a layer of protection if there is an injury. Yeah, I think Odell deserves a, a ton of credit because I'll admit I thought that he was – I thought that he was done. And I don't mean like his career should be finished, but I was just a little tired of everyone. Like a year or two ago when we talked about the best wide receivers in the NFL, I think people still kind of put Odell up there. And I was just like, Everyone's so in love with the one-handed catch that he made as a rookie with the Giants that it's bought him so much time to the point that, like, he would still be up there with the elite of the elite. And I understand he played in New York and um, was just a very marketable guy to, you know, to to begin with. And I I was always just like, why? Like, his stat – and I understand stats aren't everything. But, like, he wasn't productive with the Browns in any way. And there's obviously a lot of factors – going into that and then he goes to the Rams and everything changes he had over 300 yards that was more than he had with the Browns and um he played in two more games but the five touchdowns as you talked about like that's a huge jump going from zero with the Browns last season to five touchdowns and listen he's not that same receiver that he was with the Giants but he's still a very formidable wide receiver so I was wrong about Odell in the sense of like he's still got more to his game where he can be a productive number two receiver. I don't think he could be a number one guy um, anymore. And I also think a lot of the diva wide receiver stuff was really overblown. You know, like I understand he had some issues with quarterbacks and he wasn't happy that he wasn't getting the ball. But people were comparing him to Antonio Brown. I'm like, that's just stupid and ridiculous. Like compared to off the field stuff, it's not even in the same atmosphere so like i understand that he could cause a little headaches here and there but nothing that tampa bay 
couldn't handle. So I almost felt it was important for people that want Odell that, you know, they can understand that he can play and not be the number one target. Like Cooper Cup won the triple crown for wide receivers last year. Right. He's their number one guy. He's their de facto leader. And of course, the Rams had a couple other, uh, you know, great players on that team. So the question of should the Bucks sign Odell Beckham, the answer, if he's healthy, unequivocally is yes. Yeah. Um, and I think we've learned now just based on the type of locker room that the Bucks have with other players that they brought in and players that they currently have on this team with leaders like Brady and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, that they could bring in someone like Odell. And it's not a matter of, hey, I need to get the ball. As long as the team is winning, everyone will be okay. And we learned that from Odell, even if it was half a season with the Rams, that he's okay in that type of role too, because right. they're going to keep winning and winning just, you know, all what's that saying with all the tides, all the ships move higher when the tides go up. People know what I'm talking about, but um, right. it's only better for everyone, including Odell. And I think Odell too. I mean, you're, you, you bring it, bring up a great point. Those first three seasons of his, Phenomenal, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. 1300 yards, 1400 yards, 1300 yards, almost 100 receptions, and everyone 12, 13, 10 touchdowns. That fourth year, he broke his ankle, fractured his ankle, and missed the final 11 games of the season. He came back that next year to old man Eli in the last year of his, yeah. you know, in that semi last year of his deal before they drafted Daniel Jones, and he wasn't as effective as a passer. You know, and, and he missed games there, too. You know, he only played in 12 games, still managed 1,000 yards, you know, still managed 77 receptions and six touchdowns, and then came the trade to Cleveland. Now, his first season in Cleveland, I think that was the year, 2019, that was the uh, Freddie Kitchens era, you know, mm. who's supposed to be a disciple of, of Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit type offense. You know, he played in he played in 15 of 16. He played in all 16 games, started 16 of them, still in, ended up with over a thousand yards. Touchdowns took a dip, still 77 receptions. And then you go into last year, you know, the, the year, the following year it was the first year of the new regime there with Kevin Stefanski, who wanted to focus on running the ball more. Baker missed, you know, over half a season with, I mean, uh, Odell missed over half a season with injuries. And then the, the S storm that was last year with Cleveland. And you kind of, I don't know if he's lost it, but I don't think, I think that injury and then the changing of teams and then the changing of offense and the changes of coordinators and all that, all that stuff has kind of slowed down his momentum, but you saw how, how well he can be utilized in by someone who's very creative on offense, which I think Byron Leftwich is, um, like a Sean McVay, and how he utilized him last year, and how he really kind of saved him towards the playoffs, and that's where you saw the, that major output of production and and such a pivotal part on their Super Bowl run. And I think if you're looking at at what he could bring to the Bucks, I mean, guys, remember he's not going to be out till probably November mid-November recovering from that ACL tear that he suffered in, in February. And if we're looking at the timetable, the Bucks just so happen to have a bye week in the middle of November yeah. after their Germany trip. So November 14th, they're back in the States and they're on a bye for a week until they play the Cleveland Browns coming out of the bye. It just lines up so perfectly, you know, I, and I, I wrote an article about it and, and I mean, we haven't even gotten into anything about off the field and stuff like that. We're just talking about OBJ and, and how he can help this team at, as a midseason signing. We don't know. And Scott said it multiple times on the pod as well. You never know what a player is going to be like after an ACL tear. Sometimes they, they're right back to where they were, AP style. Sometimes it takes a half a season to a year for them to really get back comfortable um, doing what they're doing. The good news is for Godwin is his was a contact injury, not a non-contact injury. Yeah. So with players, sometimes they suffer the non-contact. It can be in their head. Uh, where he was actually dirty hitted by uh, what was it, Nickel Robio? I don't know, some dirty Saints player. Uh, <laughs> but you know, like I think that might help him get back a little bit quicker because he knows it's not so. All right, it's, it wasn't where I planted my foot. It wasn't how I cut. It was being hit. So we'll see. But if he's not ready or there's injuries like there have been the last two years, OBJ mid November sounds great, Matt. Right, and that's the other side of the coin is the injury history, and he's actually played in a lot more games than I thought. 
Um, but yeah, you go 2020 season played in uh, only seven games. And then last year, I don't think you could really fault him for getting hurt in the Super Bowl. It's like the last game of the season. But again, as we talked about, it's going to keep him out for quite a while. So it really comes down to, and it's kind of what we talked about with Julio. And I do want to get your thoughts on, on Julio or a lot of people I've seen in the comments are saying OBJ or Julio, who would you rather have? We can get to that in a moment, but this is kind of what we talked about with Julio, who also has a, a little bit of an injury history. If Odell comes into this offense and it wouldn't be until November, as he stated, it's not like he's going to come in and play 90% of the snaps. Okay. He's going to be on a pitch count. Even if he wasn't, coming off of this injury because you have the luxury of Mike Evans, one of the best receivers in the game, Russell Gage, an up and coming receiver who I think we haven't seen the best of him yet, given the situation that he was in with Atlanta and Chris Godwin, who by the time November gets here, hopefully we'll be back to the Chris Godwin that we all know and love. I just look at it. I look at it as the situation that the bucks were in last year when everyone went down or left the team. Um, except for like Mike Evans, because the Bucks can't go into this year. And I understand running into that situation again, where your entire position room is hurt, except for the fifth, sixth, and seventh guys. The odds of that happening another time this season, probably not too likely, but I think you have to prepare for it. And if you know you're going to have a lot of, production from the three guys that I mentioned, the big three receivers for the Bucks. You bring an Odell, you could have special packages where Odell's your guy. Um, if Gage has to miss some time or Godwin, I like Odell, his versatility of being able to line up outside, but also can go into the slot. And let's remember, Odell loves Tom Brady. Like he gave him those cleats that I think had goat hair on them or something like that because it was, right. you know, because he's the goat and everything like that. Also want to get to this comment here from Emily. When we were talking about Odell or Julio Jones, she, she said neither. So, Emily, please tell us, who do you want as a free agent wide receiver for Tampa Buccaneers? I am um, very curious for that. Yeah, yeah, you want any, you want I mean, yeah, that's another one. You know, I think part of the I, – I think the part of OBJ from New York still lingers him. The whole – Yeah, exactly. Bigger than the – bigger off the field uh, – you know, the trip down to, to Miami or Cancun, wherever it was, you know, the um, obviously the whole uh, pizza box situation. It, what was he doing? That? Was he not? You know, like there's like so many different like stories. But in Cleveland, he didn't act out really often until he finally, you know, had enough. Like if you're not going to throw me the ball, don't keep me on the team. I don't fault players for asking for trade you know, requests if they're warranted. And I felt like his was warranted. I mean, I just went over his stats for you guys over that first half of the season. Yeah. How the heck is Baker Mayfield? I know they have a great running game and Jarvis Landry, but I mean, how are you and not? He's like best friends with Jarvis Landry. So yeah. that's what even made it crazier. Like he asked for a trade. Jarvis is like one of his best friends right. in the world. And, but yeah. how are you not going to target this dude and throw to him, you know, more than you, more than you are. So I don't blame him for that. And then you saw him go to a, a, a organization who has already has a track record of um, winning and success, right? They haven't won the Super Bowl before last year, but they had a track record of, you know, being in the conversation, going to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. A and he fell right in line. I didn't hear one story about Odell at all last year. So the whole fact that he, we don't need a diva wide receiver, we don't need this, that, I don't buy into that with Odell anymore. I think he's matured. He just had a baby. I think that does a lot to mature adults. I mean, we just had on Rashad White, who who has a baby who's 10 months old, and the maturity of him, I mean, he's also gone through a hard path to get where he is, but I think having kids helps mature you. I know it helped mature me pers personally, so I think that will help, and, and just being in a situation, I mean, I, I've never heard anyone say OBJ is unstable, you know? Antonio yeah. Brown's a different story. I mean, the dude burnt his feet and complained about a helmet, so I mean, I, I don't think you've got You've got that, was that before situation. he ran off the field, <laughs> right? So I don't think you have that situation <laughs> with with Odell, and I think if he was, and and the big question is, 
when do you need that wide receiver, right, Matt? And that's where the Julio Jones comes. Because if you want Julio Jones, you're going to have to sign him in training camp at some point, or someone else is probably going to scoop him up. With Odell, you're sitting and you're waiting. He's got to recover. He Highly unlikely he signs with a team before at least the midpoint of October. You know, and that's just to get the playbook and get integrated. So I, I, I think if you're weighing those two, you have to put those both into into consideration as well. Because absolutely, and that's so that's what I want to talk about next is the contract situation for a player such as Odell, given given what he's going through right now and the overall market of it but you did just mention Rashad White and he was on the show yesterday so I implore everyone listening to this and watching this and everyone in the chat if you did not watch it yesterday Scott and JC had an awesome interview with Rashad White you guys did a great job he had so many great answers and just good intel especially about um lining up outside obviously he's a good receiving running back but lining up out wide or uh, moving into the slot as well. So a lot of great conversation there between you, Scott and and Rashad white. So please make sure you go and check that out and make sure you like, and subscribe our uh, YouTube channel helps with our algorithm. It costs you absolutely nothing. Just lets you know when we have a new episode or new videos, we'll have a lot more of those Rashad white clips coming up on our YouTube channel uh, very soon. So that again, that's Peter report TV. Make sure you like and subscribe. Back to Odell, JC. I I was thinking about this right before the show, and I don't even think Odell would go for it. But what if? Because here's the issue with Odell, and that he's not going to be available until November, and teams probably won't start looking at him until you know around that time. Sure, the Bucks are going to want him for depth purposes, and I hate to say this because I I don't want anyone to get injured playing there in the NFL. But there's going to be a team that has one of their top players at wide receiver that gets injured. Or there might be another team that says, hey, we're doing better than we expected. I feel like we're one or two pieces away from making the playoffs and potentially contending for a Super Bowl. Let's get Odell Beckham on our team. It happens every single year, especially with the injuries to to key players. So Odell to the Bucs sounds great, but there's other teams out there that could be interested in the services of Odell Beckham as well. So what if they start talking to Odell now? And again, I don't know if he'll go for this because if he comes back from injury, plays well, he's going to be looking for more money than probably what any team will sign him this year. But what if Tampa Bay floated the idea of, hey, we'll give you the financial security of you'll be on the team this year. We'll give you a contract. We'll sign you to a two-year deal. So we already have you for next season. Right. So you have the the peace of mind that you don't have to worry about finding another team the next season. You already got it there. Now, of course, the flip side of it is, well, if Odell agrees to that deal and then completely blows everyone everyone's mind and looks like the Odell that was on the Rams last year, well, him siding for what could be just the veteran min- minimum or something like that. He's going to want a lot more next season mm-hmm. and will want that freedom of being able to pick whatever team that he wants. But I'm curious, as we talk about the contracts and the market there, um, if that would be something. I think the Bucks would totally go for it. I don't necessarily think Odell would. Right, and I think it's tricky too because so much depends on – Who's going to be the quarterback next year? I think the yes. Bucks biggest selling point is Tom Brady. He's always wanted to play with Tom Brady. They have a really great relationship on and off the field. Uh, he almost joined the Patriots last year. Said he would have if Tom was still the quarterback. You know, he wanted to play with Tom and Belichick. He said it multiple, multiple times that he wants to play with Tom Brady. This might be his final chance. So yeah. if he's, if, you know, if the Bucks are looking and they're serious. Now you look at the uh, the map around the league too. And you're right. There are some teams, and again, cap space will change as we head into camp and as other players sign and extensions, etc. But right now, you're looking at the teams that could potentially maybe make a play for them, the Packers or the Cowboys. Yeah. They both have more cap space than the Bucks might have. Um, and those are the teams that I'd maybe look out for uh, as potential, you know, and also um, obviously the Rams as well, you know. And maybe yeah, the can't rule them out. <laughs> maybe the Saints as well. So I think if you're if you're stacking up what he'd like to do when it comes to signing after he's recovered from his injury, 
he's going to have suitors and he's going to have suitors where he'll probably slide right into the number two role. But you have to think what is going to be more important to him. He's got a ring from last year, so he's not ring chasing. Is that ability to play with a Tom Brady finally, you know, that he's been wanting to do with a chance to potentially win a Super Bowl? Is that way more to him than maybe a higher salary? Because, I mean, if you look at what he took last year, there were teams in pursuit of him as well last year. And he only signed a one-year $2 million deal, um, you know, with $500 guaranteed. Now, we had incentives, and he brought the deal up to, you know, $4.75 million. But he signed for pennies on the dollar. I mean, it was cheap. And I bet you that if Antonio Brown pulled the shenanigans before and Chris Godwin got injured before that happened, Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to the, he's he's not going to the Rams. He's probably going to the Bucks to play with Tom Brady in this team. There was no openings. There was no need to bring him in. Yeah. There's no need to compete with anybody. So, you know, I, I think once he comes back, he's going to know what his market is. He's already probably knows what his market is. If the Bucks are interested, they're probably already communicated hey come mid-season whatever you're at packers Kyle, whoever it's probably and obviously you know the rams have already opened the door for him but multiple teams have already reached out to him and said hey if you're here at this point of the year we'll bring you in so for me it's 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 all about gm brady and what what he <laughs> if he can convince odell to come here because you're right he's gonna have bigger opportunities elsewhere and you know signing a contract with some with some security in green bay or or in Dallas or in uh maybe not New Orleans, but in the Ram with the Rams, those all make more sense than to sign a contract yeah. with some term if you're going to the Saints or to the or to the to the Bucks where you don't know the, what the necessarily the quarterback situation will be. So it, it comes down to how good is Tom at recruiting? We already know he's pretty damn good from the guys we brought in. So I mean they call him the ultimate recruiter. Tom Brady <laughs> is I mean, he's the greatest of all time in multiple things, and one of them is uh, recruiting players. There's no guarantee that the Bucks can bring Odell Beckham to their team, right. but one way that you can get Odell Beckham is through Best Ball Mania 3 by drafting him, and you could probably get him for great value because he won't be able to play uh, until that November time. But the beauty of... Best Ball Mania 3 is that you don't have to change your lineup week in and week out. It's just set it and forget it. And uh, whoever scores the most points on your team will be up there for your point total uh, that week and throughout the whole season. So Odell, late edition in November, starts putting up numbers, could really help you and your team. Uh, The best place to play fantasy football this summer is Underdog Fantasy. Uh, Best Ball Mania 3 tournament has $10 million in total prize money. And the best part is you draft your football team and that's it. There's no waivers, no trades, no in-season management. Underdog Fantasy gives you your best score each week of the season. The highest scores at the end of the year win. Uh, Last year's champion in Best Ball Mania actually drafted in June. So the sooner that you draft your team, the better. And there's no time like the present to join Underdog Fantasy and take your shot at a million-dollar draft. Plus, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code Pewter. That's four free entries into Best Ball Mania 3. So what are you waiting for? Get that great value by drafting some of the unsung heroes, the guys that you won't hear about until later in training camp at the end of this month. Start drafting them now or take a flyer on someone like Odell Beckham before he signs with the team. And then if he ends up going to the Bucs or the Rams or one of these teams that we mentioned, it's just more bang for your buck. So head to underdogfantasy.com or the app store and sign up for underdog with the prom- promo code pewter and draft your best ball mania three team today. Once more, that's underdog fantasy promo code pewter again, promo code pewter. All right. We uh, got into a lot of different variables here with Odell Beckham. So, I'm going to ask you, JC, if you had your choice of Odell Beckham Jr. or Julio Jones on the Bucks, who are you? Ta- who are you taking? But let's premise it with because here's the issue when it comes to Julio and and Odell. Julio, you could sign right now, and you know he's going to play from September to the end of the season if he's healthy. Odell, you know you're not going to get until November, so. If it, does that change it for you? Because it, it changes it for me, definitely. Does it change it for you? You know, 
again, this is a question with so many loaded variables to it because if you're signing Julio Jones now, if you sign Julio Jones right now, you're pretty much saying that Chris Godwin's not going to be ready. He's not ready for week one. He's probably going to miss some of the time, I think, because I, I, if you're the Bucks, I feel like they have enough confidence in the guys that they have on the roster for someone to step up and take that number number three interim spot, number four spot till Godwin gets back. If you're signing Julio, I think that might be an indictment on why Godwin's not ready yet. So. If Godwin is projected to not be ready for week one, I'm all for signing Julio. I don't think either one. I mean, Julio faced his share, fair, uh, fair share of injuries last season. I mean, he missed a bunch of games and was mostly ineffective. I mean, he, he gobbled up some receptions, but as far as churning out yards, that was not the Julio Jones that we know, and it's not the Julio Jones we've known for the last few years. Only had one touchdown last year, very minimal production. Um but again, he still gave up, gave you 496 yards on 37 receptions. And that's really all you're asking for out of a number four wide receiver. And I, and he hasn't won a ring yet. So that's, that's an interesting scenario, but I think I would rather use that money now to sign instead of signing Julio for, let's call it four and a half million. Same. Let's call both of them sign for four and a half million. Sound good. Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's say they both signed for four and a half, five million dollars. I'd rather use some of that money now to get a tight end and an, and an outside linebacker, and then for training camp or before the season starts. Um, and then when you start shedding that salary, like if Jose Borgales beats out Ryan Suckup, you know, then that frees up two million dollars in cap space. You have a little bit over. You go to Mar Marpet, <laughs> not Marpet. He's not here anymore. But he yeah, would have taken the. He would have taken a restructure if he was here. He's but too he skinny. He couldn't even play right now in the NFL if he wanted to because he lost all that weight. <laughs> you go to Mike Evans or you go to one of these guys, ask him to restructure, open up some cap space, and then you can sign OBJ. Have another veteran tight end. Have a have another veteran outside linebacker, edge rusher on the team, and then get OBJ at that price later in the season so if it was me and i'm weighing out all the variables i'm taking obj mid-season and i'm taking um uh, and i'm taking the the help now on offense and defense if we're not if we're just saying straight up julio jones versus obj give me still obj because i think julio jones hammies are gone everyone wants to hold on to what julio jones once was he's not that player would i take julio jones absolutely i would take julio jones on this team i think you'd be a great number four but i think Odell Beckham Jr., and this might sound weird, would be a better fit in the locker room, be more excited to be here. Like, oh, I'm just excited to be here to play with Tom, and I think he, that would show up on the field a little bit more. But I think both would be solid, solid, you know, additions to the team. I just, I'd rather use that money for something else now and see if we can open up down the road later for OBJ. Very well said. And I do agree with you in the terms of I actually do think Odell would probably be a little bit of a better fit in the Bucks offense with what they have currently. Inside and, outside facility, too. Yeah, exactly. Then Julio Jones would be. But if I'm looking at this with Odell not getting him to till November and coming off an ACL injury, my and I also do agree with you about Bucks should probably allocate their funds to a couple of other positions, like you mentioned with tight end. Um, an outside linebacker. But if we're talking about they have to pick one of these guys, I'm going with Julio Jones. And I understand he's had some injuries and his numbers were down. Even in this, the amount of time he played, he still did have one or two of those monster games. And it's not going to be every single week, but you don't need that from Julio. And as we talked about, he's going to be on that pitch count where he doesn't need to be on the field the whole time. So let Mike Evans do his thing. Let Chris Godwin do his thing if he's healthy. And if Chris Godwin isn't healthy, that's where Julio comes in, where he's going to be valuable in September. And they could still be valuable in December, even when Chris Godwin's back for a couple of months already. So I still think Julio, while you're not going to get it on a consistent basis, can still give you just that right. baller game that we've seen in the past. Of course, it's a matter of being healthy, but that's the same with Odell or anyone, really. Just you have to maintain being healthy for an entire season i also think what's tough with odell is if you're not getting him until november what i talked about before with another team has a player that gets injured now they're in the market for odell with julio jones i mean we haven't even really heard a lot of whispers about julio jones about uh, other box. teams yeah about other teams being interested in him so i think it's important to just go and get that now and ensure that you have that depth 
moving forward. Now, if it was just, hey, the, it's these two guys, they're healthy, they're ready to go for the season, I would go with Odell. But I have to look at it at the realistic view of Odell's hurt. He's rehabbing. He's got other teams with more interest right now and might not be there um, as the front runner for the Bucs. So I'm taking Julio Jones, but I do think it is, it is pretty close. And, um, you know, people are on both sides of the argument here. And right. I, I think that shows how, you know, special these players are, or at least were at some point and what they could do and help the Bucs. Right. I mean, Julio still has that size. He's lost some speed, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, he's got that veteran instinct. He knows how to get open. Um, and, and with Tom Brady throwing the ball over Ryan Tannehill. Yes, I hear you chat, Ryan Tannehill. I know. Uh, <laughs> you know, over Ryan Tannehill. I, I do think there is definitely uh, an upgrade, an uptick in production for Julio Jones. You know, I just happen to trust when people tell me stuff. When Cyril Grayson Jr. says he thinks Chris Godwin is going to be ready by week one, we need a tight end who can block. And we, I, I, Cole Keith looks great, but we need a veteran tight end who can block. And we need someone to spell uh, JTS and Shaq Barrett or a protective injury because Anthony Nelson had a great season, but I don't want him in there starting 10 games. I'd rather have Trey Flowers, Jerry Hughes, Justin Houston, uh, Anthony Barr, one of those guys in there starting those 10 games rather than, than Anthony Nelson. So, I mean, if I've got to take a choose, choose a, you know, choice, I, I want the help on offense and defense where they need it on the two. And this will be funny because we'll be talking about depth tomorrow where I think the bucks have shallow depth. I'd rather do that than add to a position where I think even if they have to get by with Tyler Johnson as their number three or Cyril Grayson steps up, and is that number three or Jalen Darden takes leap is that number three. I'm more comfortable with those than having to have Julio Jones in there, you know, for, cause I don't think Godwin misses any more than a month. You know, I think you, if you're the bucks, you can live without, without a Julio Jones for a month. And then it just turns back. And like, we don't know. You know, Julio Jones goes out there and balls out for the first month. And you're like, all right, you're number four, you know, or yeah. all right, it's $10 million, you know, you know, so Gage, Thanks, you're number man. four. Back to, back to the sideline. Yeah, you're number four behind Julio again, you know, like, yeah. you know, and then does that create an issue in the locker room? There's just, you know, not that I think it wouldn't I mean, get who, Julio but, Jones, other than I mean, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Julio Jones has been the most even keel wide receiver that, you know, we've all been lucky enough to I mean, watch you know, over the last decade. We'd have to know what he was getting himself into as well, but yeah, you know, I, it, it's a, it's a fun debate. It's a fun debate to have. I, would be fine with either one of them. I just Same. think that if you're the Bucks so right now and you have noticeable spots of weakness on your team that you can use to fill with whatever process, whether that be trade or signing, and then if you need a wide receiver at that point, I just think Brady is too much. I think Brady is too much of a lore. If the Bucks are where we think they're at, maybe two losses going into that bye week. Hopefully. I, I, <laughs> right? I just, I just think that it's too much to be able to play with Tom, who you want to play with since you broke into the league. You've said it multiple times on multiple podcasts and shows and this and that. If Tom gives you a call and says, yo, you ready to do this thing? We haven't had this chance to play with each other. This is my last season. I'd love to play with you, man. You want to come down to Tampa Bay and help us win a ring? Odell goes, ah, I want to go back to Matt Stafford in LA or, you know, Lambo's nice this time of year. I <laughs> hear, or you know what? Jarrah's calling me, you know, and they're offering me $5 million. I just, and then you, you, you chime in to Brady's <laughs> Leonard Fournette was on the Rich Eisen show and pretty much said that Brady called him when he was up in New England. He's like, what the hell are you doing up there? Yep. Uh, we talked to, to Leonard like that. And then he's like, all right, let me call you back. Brady never called him back. It was the Bucks that called Leonard Fournette back with a three-year, $21 million contract offer. So if Brady makes that phone call and he's like, well, yo, I'm getting like a million and a half more over from Green Bay. They want me to come in as a number two. Brady's like, let me call you right back. Jason Light's like, yeah, we want to bring you in for a hundred million and a half more. I think OBJ's coming here. I just I just think it's going to happen. So, again, it, it's one of the fun things to talk about in offseason that we're counting down the days to training camp. Yeah. Almost. 21 days three weeks let's go i was i was gonna say earlier that it just seemed like odell just looked more happy playing with the rams and understandably like the production was better and the team was winning so that obviously played a part in it but also he went from living in cleveland to living in la so you know there's a, that's a, there's a big difference there yeah la is great but 
you're going to be in Tampa in November, December, and January. Like that's a pretty good spot to live. As he said, Lambeau, very cold. You don't need to be there. Um, I can, I can see the allure of Dallas because you do play inside and sure you're going to have road games, but so does every team. I see the allure of Dallas, but yeah, I really think for him, it, it would come down to like LA and Tampa and Tom Brady could be the ultimate X factor for, uh, right. for everything else that you just said. So we'll see when it comes to, to Odell or, or, or Julio Jones. I think it could be exciting. You have one more point to make. Yeah. I just think a big question mark too, is where he's, where is he living right now? Did he buy a house? Is he living in LA? Is he rehabbing in LA? Because it might just be easier to just say, all right, let's just stay in LA, you know? Yeah. But, I, but as you just said too, like, I think if it comes down to those two teams and Brady makes that phone call personally to him, which you know he will, and maybe yeah. he even gets Giselle to call him, who's a good friend <laughs> with OBJ. It's like, OBJ, come to Tampa with us. Come play with us, OBJ. You know, maybe maybe that's maybe that's enough. You know, maybe that's enough. But who knows? We won't find out until, crap, halfway through the season. And that's if they don't make a signing with Julio Jones beforehand or, or another wide receiver. Exactly. And th there is also a possibility that they could just end up going – with like, you know, oh. uh, you know, you kind of sound like with that accent, uh, a little bit like Adam Sandler in in the the Zohan. You don't mess with the Zohan. <laughs> I was getting a little bit of that, but yeah, I mean, the Bucks could go and sign uh, another veteran receiver that isn't Julio Jones or Odell Beckham. Uh, we will, put. we'll see, or stay put. I that would not shock me either, especially with some of the other positions as you talked about that they might need to get. I want to preview tomorrow's show uh, in just a moment. Before that, though. Gotta talk about pin chasers, Ooh. which is a great place to be at at this time of the year. It's the summer, it's July, it's very hot out there. Pin chasers has AC and they have multiple locations with that AC in East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, and Veterans. Um, awesome place to go to with friends or family, whether you want to go during the day, get that AC, or go at night. So many different deals from all you could eat pizza, all you could bowl, dollar Miller lights. Um, the brunch on the weekends and the food's very underrated. Pizza's awesome. Chicken tendies is great. Nachos are delicious as well. Uh, so go to pinchasers.net. See what type of deals that they have because they have one for you. You can also book <laughs> a birthday party there for your kids. They got the arcade there so your kids can bowl, play video games as well. And we will be having a very fun event going Oof. on there later this month, July 23rd. That's Saturday. I believe it'll be from 1 to 3. We're going to get a couple of Bucks players out there. So make sure you join us for that date. Go and see uh, some of your favorite Tampa Bay Buccaneers players. That's right before training camp starts. We'll reveal more information um, as we get closer to that date. But just, you know, put it on your calendars now. Keep an eye out for it. For it. Put it on your radar. July 23rd, Pin Chasers, Pewter Report. And a uh, Bucks player or two, so keep an eye out for that. And again, go to pinchasers.net. Anthony Peroni, huge Bucks fan, season ticket holder, so you're helping out a fellow Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. And JC, as you alluded to a little bit earlier, tomorrow's show, myself and Casey Hudson will be on. K Huddy, we're going to talk about the depth of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where do they have the most depth? Is it at wide receiver? as you see there with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Is it at defensive line? Is there another position where um, you think that if a player or two goes down, the Bucs are best fit to go and still win a game, beat their opponent, whatever it may be? I think there's arguments for a couple of different positions, mm -hmm. um, including the ones that we just mentioned. So that will be tomorrow's show at 4 o'clock. And as we wrap up everything here, Matt, it's funny. I think the last time we were on together, um, we Thursday show, this is your third show in a row, the trifecta for you. Right. But no, I like back in the day, but not back in the day, but like earlier in the month or whatever, or last month we did the pin chases read and my son was there on a field trip. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that. Guess where my son is today. He's at Pin Chasers again. At Pin Chasers again. Awesome. Your son's like the number one uh, customer. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they had the field trip at Pin Chasers. I'm like, oh, that's great. We'll be going there on the 21st, and you go ball again. You probably show me up. They used the big balls. I think we talked about this candle pin. Remember we talked about like the small candle pin. 
nobody knows what I'm talking about unless you're from the Northeast. But we have candle pin. They're small balls, thin pins, and they don't have like the big balls with the holes. It's a completely different thing. If you know what candle pin is, hit me up because it's the best. But um, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Like, <laughs> just yeah, the, yeah, that timing, that timing is so funny. So uh, yeah, it's crazy how things work out sometimes, and hopefully things work out for the Bucks with signing either Odell Beckham or Julio Jones. We'll see. Obviously, we talked a lot about Odell today. So want to thank everyone again in the chats, everyone watching, everyone listening. Make sure you like and subscribe and subscribe to the Pewter Pulse. Hit that like button. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. We got a lot of great content coming up, both on pewterreport.com and on our YouTube channel. So for J.C. Allen, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. And we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Peace out. Out.